Hey, what's going on? My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a transformational coach for the Parents of Possibility, and you're listening to the Parents of Possibility podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. In this episode today, we are doing another interview. Yes, another interview. Now, I know I said in my update some time ago, a couple of weeks ago, that I was going to have this crazy schedule where I was going to do this and I was going to do that and I was going to do this and that week and this and that week. Well, actually, I had planned on just having one interview per month, but I had an overwhelming response to people and I already have 12 people that want to record. So I think that it'd be unfair or it'd be a waste of talent and space and energy to actually just wait for one month to have one interview per month. I mean, there are so many people out there with so many different ideas and thoughts and many people have recognized patterns and found different ways to break them. And I want to bring them on to share their experiences. Now, with that said, I'm going to change the format again. Yes, again, and probably again another time too. Just stay with me because I think that's a thing that I'm going to do until I get a really good fit for how I want the podcast to be. I definitely have a lot of ideas and I'd like to share a lot. So I want to make sure that I get as steady and consistent as possible. So with that said, I already have some interviews lined up. So this week, I'm going to do another interview and I'm going to release podcasts twice a week. So Every week, I'm going to release an interview on Tuesdays because that just seems to fit. And then someday in the week, I believe Friday would be the day, I'm going to release um, a story and then I'm going to release a Q&A thing. A story, then a Q&A. They'll alternate each week, so that'll make it a lot easier to kind of keep track of the schedule. So Tuesdays, interviews, and then Fridays, I will release a story or a Q&A. And so they'll just alternate week over week and it'll be easy to keep track of these things. And I hope that it'll provide more content and more experience and more enlightenment and more fun for you all. I really hope so. With that said, I'm going to share another announcement with you. This announcement is all about something called, oh yeah, I knew that. And this is about a game that I created. So towards the beginning of the pandemic, I started creating a game that would allow people to have a connection. And the game is a virtual game. It's like a virtual game show. It's a little bit of a puzzle game, brain teaser, and a little bit of trivia. So I'm looking for people who are interested in both playing the game and watching the game. So I create all the questions myself and all these questions are based on the contestants. The contestants will tell me what they're good at and I'll make questions based on what they're good at. And the purpose of this whole game is to have fun and to make sure to connect. So there's more explanation about this at my website at patternsofpossibility.com. I have a link to my YouTube page will show you the video of it. So you can just click actually in the show notes and find the link to this, but you'll see exactly how to play the game. You'll see how to sign up. It's about a two minute video. It's pretty exciting. So if you like puzzles, if you like 
uh, brain teasers. If you're interested in anything like that, you will enjoy this. So there are two facets, there are two parts to this. There are people who are actually going to play the game. I need six people to play. And then there are going to be people in the audience. This is going to be live streamed in the audience who will actually be playing along. And then there'll be people who didn't sign up and who will just kind of want to watch and not necessarily play along. There'll be a prize for those who are in the audience and playing along. And there'll be a prize for those who are in the studio, quote unquote studio, playing along and enjoying on stage. Some examples of the kind of questions I asked or I will play a clip of something like a sound clip. I'll play a sound clip of a language and I'll ask you what language that is. I will play a clip of a video, but I'll ask you a question after the video has played. And these questions and these uh, these questions are based on things that you are good at. By the way, the game is going to be played on April 12th at 4 p.m. That's Central Standard Time. So if you're interested, check out the show notes. Look for Oh Yeah, I Knew That and sign up while there's still time. And without further ado, on to the interview about breaking patterns of holding back feelings. Are you ready? Let's go. going to introduce my guest here, Elizabeth. She is a coach, but I'm going to I'm going to let her speak for herself and tell her own story. Elizabeth, could you say hello to everyone and tell everyone who you are, what you do? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lee. It's so great to be here. So my name is Elizabeth King. I go by Coach Elizabeth King on most social media platforms, and I am a mindset and relationship specialist. So I like to help people out in, in the areas of all relationships and not only the relationship with romantic partners, but with family, friends, and especially the relationship with ourselves, right? And then everything comes down to the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we think about other people. So that is my area of expertise and I can't wait to share more. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like right up my alley. Exactly the stuff that I'm looking for and my listeners are listening for as well. So... Um, so I wonder how you got into this. Like, did you recognize a, a pattern of behavior that kind of got you stuck and you, you found how to get out of it? What got you started in this business? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been through a number of really painful things, but I, I use that pain as fuel, right? And so some of the things that I, I dealt with was it, it all started off in my childhood. Um, I went through a, um, what I considered a traumatic experience at the time. Right, and that and that led me towards a, a basically a downward spiral throughout my entire life, right? And so I had many numerous patterns that were, were very quote unquote like bad habits, bad behaviors, right? I wasn't really showing up to the world like I do now today. Mm. But right, I if, I if I hadn't have gone through those things, I wouldn't be able to show up as I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Our past definitely shapes our future, you know, and, and it takes a, you know, 
a special person. Like it's your personality. Like some people have experienced these bad things and they've definitely just kept those patterns. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that you've decided to make a change. So mm -hmm. when you were stuck in those patterns, like what kind of patterns were there? Okay. Would you mind sharing a little more about uh, what they are? Yes, absolutely. So I'll, I'll give you a pre, a, like a very brief synopsis, right? So when I was five, uh, my father destroyed some of my toys, right? And so I attached myself to those mm. things. And because of that, um, tra that traumatic event, I spent my life being attached to things because I felt I felt like I, I couldn't be attached to other people and I needed to protect myself through my things, right? And because of the, these turmoils and because mm -hmm. of the, these, this negative conditioning that I've gone through, right, among other things, it led me to a, a pattern of destructive behavior, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I have some evidence of, of my rebellious childhood, of my many piercings, right? So I, I led down to this path of, of heavy drinking, of, of partying all the time, right? I, I Thank goodness I still kept my straight mm -hmm. A's because I wanted to, to go to university afterwards, right? But I was, a, I was just a very angry person and I never actually understood why, right? But later on, I would discover it, it kind of all started off when, when I was five, right? And that, and I started to, I, I would basically mm -hmm. order, I started to, I, I collected a lot of things, right? But I, and I had a shopping addiction, I, had a, I, had a, I handled my emotions through buying things and drinking, right? So I had all these, pat, these patterns mm -hmm. showing up in my life that I was really stuck in, right? And I, I got to a point where it's like, I'm just overwhelmed with all the things. But yeah, I was like a 19 year old like kid and I had I had to get the the biggest U-Haul money could buy in the the biggest apartment just to just store all my <laughs> things, right? And so it was overwhelming. I never wanted to have friends over wow. at my apartment. Yeah, I never wanted to have friends over at my apartment because I I just clutter, right? Florida ceiling stacked high with boxes, right? And so in, instead of like open wow. myself, yeah, yeah, instead of open myself up to other people, I. I close myself off to those things and dealt with my emotions when I was around other people by drinking. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying. So you had a case of extreme retail therapy. Yeah. So you've been just like there doing therapy for years upon years, just shopping and shopping and mm -hmm. to, to fill that void. I mean, it's a uh, definitely sounds like, you know, you were five years old and your dad just took all the control. He, he had the control. He took it all away from you because he broke your toys. And you were like, yeah. never again. I'm going to buy all the things. And <laughs> I mean, that totally makes sense. Uh, mm -hmm. I was uh, curious about that, the the hoarding. Was there anything in particular that you you had that you like to keep? Um, I think it was also this... this fear of like losing my my memory right and so I, I kept a lot of like kept all my school notes so you in university I, I worked really hard on on getting through those things and, and and not having to keep everything possible right I have I I used to be a photographer and so I would I would photograph everything so that's actually how I was able to help myself get out of the the pattern oh. of, of consuming so much right, and, and actually decluttering my life is through the power of photography, right, 
because I, because I have this mm-hmm. have the fear of, of not, of not wanting to let go. But if I have an image of the thing and a video of me holding it or whatever it was, then I, I felt I was able to let it go. Right. But that's also with, with wow. lots of, that's clever. Yeah. yeah. But that was also with lots of therapy and an introspection and reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really clever. That's awesome. I mean, and it also kind of takes the focus away from you, like gathering things rather than like consuming, you said, and instead mm-hmm. you're creating something. You're out mm-hmm. there creating your own works of art, essentially taking pictures. Uh, that's really That's really clever. I mean, you can fit your whole life into a USB drive these days. Yeah. You know, just by taking a bunch of pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's really awesome. So you said you went through therapy and you went, you had the revelaz- revelation, bleh, revelation. <laughs> I just can't say the word. <laughs> revelation. Yeah. <laughs> revelation that, that this just wasn't working for you. Like you mm-hmm. wanted something else. And because it was difficult to be close to people, you would mm-hmm. drink to kind of not have to deal with the feelings of being close to people. And I know that that's pretty harsh. So did those two things, uh, the c- collections and the drinking, those things just disappear at the same time through therapy or did one fall and then the other fell? How did that work? So I, I just started to really disliking myself and who I was. Right. And, and I, I actually lessened my, my, my alcohol addiction with coffee addiction instead. Right. When I got to university, I didn't want to drink so much because I hated the hangovers, but I noticed that I got the same like outgoing personality as I did when I drank coffee. So Mm. imagine, imagine me 18 years old, just hyped up on about 10 shots of espresso. Right. And so I was still that outgoing, bubbly. holy moly. Yeah. (laughs) So I was still that outgoing, bubbly person. Right. But, but I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing things good for my body. Right. I, I was barely eating and cause, uh, cause caffeine doesn't make you want to eat all the time. Right. And so I, I, I just wasn't right. showing up. I wasn't showing up as I wanted to be. Right. And so when I, I started to notice the, the drinking was, was, uh, I, or, I already knew the drinking was a problem. Right. And especially with, with health issues, I didn't want to continue hurting my own body. Right. So, the drinking, the drinking slowed down, and that's when you kind of, when when you don't have that that different kind of source of avoiding your 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 thoughts, right? Because think about when you're drinking, you you're not really focused mm-hmm. on, on your inner turmoils, right? And so then when you're drinking less and you're not having that right. rush of caffeine all the time, you start noticing like, oh wow, I I have a problem here, right? I I can't, I don't want to go through life with all this stuff. Right. I don't, I don't want to feel like, right. Cause they say a cluttered right. face is a cluttered mind. Right. And so I'm like, I, I really need to work mm-hmm. on decluttering. Oh, okay. So it was more of a, you had a health issue first and then yes. the health issue was like, um, effect it was caused or exacerbated by alcohol. And then you just like dropped that. You went for caffeine instead. Oh, mm-hmm. 10 shots of espresso. Is that an exaggeration? That is not. Or is that real? <laughs> that is 100, 1,000% real. Oh. I used to get, uh, I get a, I would get a venti Americano. And so a venti Americano has five shots of espresso in it. And I would get two a day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. I know I'd be, I'd, my eyeballs would be like 
just popping out of my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't <laughs> drink coffee anymore. So quickly, I don't drink coffee anymore? No. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine. Now, just a quick sidebar, I'm curious about how you drank your coffee. I know you had lots of shots of espresso, but did you also put a lot of whipped cream and creamer no. and stuff in it too? Because coffee is bitter. No, no? I, I was a, a... Oh, I kind of... Yeah, definitely. I love the, the, the dark coffee, the, the black and... and uh, but yeah, because I'm also lactose intolerant, like deathly allergic to milk. So um, that's also reason, one of the reasons why I needed to cut out the caffeine was because I had extremely bad migraines. And so the, the caffeine wasn't, mm. wasn't helping me with, with my health problems, right? I had a lot of bad migraines. I was very anxious and depressed. And I noticed caffeine was kind of like correlating to those things. So I really wanted to try to like reduce my consumption. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Caffeine and um, depression, anxiety, they kind of go together depending on, you know, what you, like any drug, essentially any drug. Caffeine is a drug. So mm-hmm. it's going to hype you up. You're going to be stimulated and then you're going to crash. That's just what happens. And mm-hmm. uh, I have to say that I like that you drink black coffee because I like black coffee. Uh, I just think that that's the way coffee should be. You should be able to taste it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you don't, <laughs> how can you taste the special blends? You know what? We're going. I'm going off at a tangent. I'm going in the wrong direction here. Let's move forward into your life. <laughs> Let's talk about you. So, yeah, so you've decided that you were going to declutter, and that mm-hmm. experience had to be really painful, hard, hard, but mm-hmm. also rewarding because you've had attachments to all of these things that you've wanted to keep close to you. And it, it could feel like maybe you're losing control or losing something very important to you. So can you tell us about that experience? And was there anything that you got rid of that was really difficult? So my decluttering journey has taken place over many, many years. So you have to realize that um, I moved away for, to university. And so I, I brought so much with me and... In that process, I, I worked on decluttering certain things, right? And finding... Well, I'm curious also, if I could. I could, yeah. if I could interrupt for just a second. I'm curious. Like you said, you brought lots of things. I wonder mm-hmm. if you could kind of quantify that. You said large U-Haul. Did you actually take a giant U-Haul to university or... Yeah, I had a 17-foot U-Haul. Whoa. Yeah. And, you and were a, not messing around. In a three-bedroom <laughs> apartment to myself. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Very in I like, want to say that. large apartment. Wow, that's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I would say that you do things big. Like I, do. I can't wait to learn more about how you broke out of it and what other big things you're doing. So, um, yes. sorry, go ahead, please. No worries. We'll definitely get there. But yeah, so right, it kind of started off with I as a as a teenager, right? You always want to. I. I it was funny because I was just in the mall um, the other day, and I'm like looking at at kids shopping around, and they have all their their shopping bags. And I'm like, I used to do that. I used to do that like every week. Every week, I felt the need to go out and buy more, right? So it kind of. And I I mm-hmm. also want to um, mention that I had the experience of going to South America. And, and seeing how people lived and Africa, right? I went to these very impoverished countries and volunteered there, right? So then I had this other idea in my head that I want to be able to help people with my belongings, right? But I, I knew that not 
not every, what's the word, like charitable place that you donate your items to does that, right? And so I, I thought of ways right. in order to donate to the community, right? So I, I, I really focused in on how could I get rid of certain things, but also not just dump them somewhere where they're not going to be of use, right? So I'm, I went to like women's shelters, homeless shelters, um, certain charities that I knew would use my, re my, my clothing and, and other things properly, right? So not, not only does that help with, with the mm -hmm. mindset kind of thing, right? Because you're, if you have these fears of, of getting rid of things, but you then you remember, oh, I can, mm -hmm. because I don't need to use these things, I can actually help someone else in their journey, right? And so it, it really started off with my clothing right. of going through the pieces and, and, and I was, I was probably doing the, the Marie Kondo method be, before Marie Kondo, I even knew about her, right? That, that method <laughs> liked, right. Of, of, of being gracious for, for my belongings, but knowing that they're going to go to a better home. Right. And so that was, that was the, the mm -hmm. start of it. Right. And then, then I talked about how I want to go through all my, um, the school documents, right? And so I actually still I have, have photographs of all my school documents because I did I just didn't need to keep the the physical paper, right? I I didn't need to keep binders and binders and binders of school notes, right? And so, right. But you have to remember. So after university, I ended up traveling and and moving abroad, right? So after coming home from living in in Germany. I was able to, to move on in that process, right? So that's why it, it, sometimes it, you, you want to tackle these things one at a time, right? And you, want, you almost want to start off with the easiest things to do, right? That if, you're, if you have a, a large portion of yeah. clothing, right? And, and certain, like um, I was talking to a friend about her, her kid's toys, right? And so just an area that, that is easily tackleable, right? But as for like more difficult things, I actually did a, a lot of the more difficult things after coming back from Germany, right? Of, of, and realizing, hey, I have this massive storage unit that have, has held all my things and I'm paying, I'm paying hundreds of dollars every single month just, just for this stuff to sit there, right? How can I, how can I limit this stuff, right? So it actually fits now in my home, instead of instead of being like floor to ceiling high yeah. right and so that's where the the harder stuff came in right the stuff that i was i was really holding on to like some of my childhood toys right going back to those those events in my mind mm -hmm. right but that's where that's where photographing yeah. everything and videotaping like um I, I ended up getting rid of like um my my favorite um what I think was one of my favorite childhood toys. It was something I carried around everywhere. It was like, there was like a baby doll and like this cat that purred, but I couldn't remember. I, I, you have to realize that this time I've, I've done so much work that I, I didn't even remember why those things mm -hmm. were valuable to me anymore. Right. But to me, all I remember as a kid was walking around with this, with this item all the time. Right. And the, I will say this, I, I never got rid of mm -hmm. the, the, the one biggest thing in my childhood that still today is, is a very big memory for me. It was like a teddy bear. And so I, I, it's, it's about recognizing that not everything that we, that we hold on to really matters to us anymore. Right. And so if it's, if it's a quote unquote sentimental mm -hmm. thing, right. 
but we don't we don't have those memories like in our mind of saying that of why this is actually sentimental right then then it's easier to let go even if it yeah. if it's difficult because you think it's sentimental and you think that there's there's these memories here but sometimes you you have the ability to say hey this this was important to a past person right this is important to a past me now this is going to be important Absolutely. to, to a, a mm -hmm. different person right like going back to that that i'm going to be able Absolutely. to help someone else with this item so you basically did marie kondo marie kondo style you were in your place and you were like does this bring me joy no but it will bring someone else joy yeah so you give it away mm -hmm. and i that that's really soothing for you too, because holy moly, if you have all these things and you're afraid that they, that mean that they won't be used, or and you, and you feel like you can use them, mm -hmm. then you it'll give you more peace and joy to to let someone else have them. So I'm curious though about the timeline because I think a lot of things happened there. You're 19 mm -hmm. and you have this U-Haul and you moved everything into your three bedroom apartment and then you went to Germany. Was that like in your mid 20s and decided? that you needed to come back and since you were away from all those things you lived without them and you needed to come back and decide well i don't need them like when did you well, what happened in between that time so <laughs> a lot has happened in that that short time frame actually right so we have we have the events as a child right going through the the emotional issues with my with growing up and and the attaching to things right and then i have the teenage mm -hmm. years where i like compulsively shopped all the time and, and spent a lot of money not my own <laughs> i'm an only child so i was <laughs> spoiled right so that didn't help didn't help right there and then um in university okay. i i went from um living at home and going to school and then end up moving away and going to school right and so I was always surrounded mm -hmm. with all these things, but then I was on my own so I could do anything I wanted, right? But that was actually mm -hmm. at the beginning kind of harmful, right? Because I could, but I was able to transition to actually spending my time doing a certain thing, right? So now, so now in, in the timeline, we're, we're near the end of my university degree, okay? And so um, I actually lost the woman who raised me. I lost her to stage four breast cancer, and oh. and I didn't I didn't think I could get through that. that Sorry. Yeah, but I I actually didn't think I could get through that. Yeah, right. That... I, was, I was what twenty one, um yeah around there. No. We'll have to do some math here for a second. Maybe a little bit older. I think no no no. It was it was before my twenty second birthday. Yeah, so I was twenty one, and um and okay. um and she passed away right, and so I I didn't think I could get through those things but yeah. af after that happened i'm like oh right i this this is kind of where the the light bulb really really ticked off right? i was trying to do all these things i uh, not not drinking as much not not with, with the other unhealthy habits right but after that event occurred, yeah a lot of stuff's going on <laughs> yes a lot of stuff has gone on right after that event occurred then it, it was like that switch of of i there's there's something um, not do, going well in my life, right? That that I have all this pain and that I need to, to deal with, right? And so I was I was working mm -hmm. through that, right? And so, but 
I was also still holding on to everything, right? Because I was afraid of letting all that stuff go. So, so I graduated university, right? And I packed up all my stuff and I stored it in a storage unit, right? And then I moved to um, the United States for a few months and then I moved to Germany for a few months, right? Well, I, I brought so much to, with me to the States that I didn't bring to Germany. And I, I realized in Germany that I can live without all these things, right? When, when, you're, when you're backpacking, uh -huh. you don't want to carry a heavy backpack. And I like to use this analogy that, that sometimes we're, we're carrying so much throughout this in life that it's heavy and weighing us down, right? And so... Yeah, so wait, let me just step back really quick because I, I want to follow you here. You said you moved to the United States and I was thinking that all this stuff happened in the United States and then you went to Germany and came back to the United States. No, I'm where gonna... was the original place? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from, I'm from Windsor, Ontario. I'm Windsor, Ontario. Oh yeah. Right across the front. My bad. <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's where from. Oh, okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. So you brought stuff here and then you left it here in, or the United States rather brought stuff to the United States, kind of left it in the, a uh, storage unit and then went backpacking in Germany. No, so like, so I'm Canadian. So, I right. have to ask about the background. Yeah. I just right. want Yeah, you're Canadian, so you came, yeah. you came to the U.S.? Yeah, so I was able you to... You came to the U.S. for for, for, class, for school? Yes. I'm yeah. going to let you tell it. No worries, no worries. <laughs> so so I'm from Windsor, Ontario, right, which is the, the southern point of, of, of Canada, mm -hmm. and I went to school in, in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So after doing my degree in Niagara Falls, oh. Ontario, I was able to travel to uh, Indiana and Germany for a, another portion of school. Oh, okay. Yes. Indiana. <laughs> nothing against Indianians. You're really close to me. I'm in Chicago. Nice. So, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Like I kind of, I can follow you there now. So what made you decide to go backpacking in Germany? So that was basically an opportunity that it, presented itself and I always wanted to travel I just didn't know how or when I was going to fit it into my life right but but backpacking mm -hmm. through Europe is a very unique experience and it also helped me realize yeah. a lot of things that I would have never realized so soon right of, of how like I, I would as was on my own for several years right but being on your own in another country where you don't speak the language and, and, you, and, and you need to use Google Translate for everything is an entirely different experience, right? You have to yeah. you have to tap into these these other um, emotions that that are are happening, right? You have, not emotions, but you have to tap into these other characteristics yeah. that you have in order to to prosper in that area. Yeah, you definitely have to work through fear because that fear would just be right in the front of my face. All the time, like I'm going on the plane and I'm flying all the way to a country whose language I don't speak. I don't know how to read it. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do. What if I run out of money? What if my cell phone doesn't work? What if people are like the hostile movie? It, it, like, in, it, what if something goes wrong? Those uh -huh. are all the things that could happen. So, yeah, it's very brave of you to decide to make that change and, and challenge yourself in that way. And it sounds like you discovered a lot more about yourself by doing that, too. Absolutely. So what is it? What did you discover about yourself uh, that you really took away from the whole trip? One, I'll really say that 
so so I was diagnosed with OCD, right? I had a generalized anxiety disorder. And I ended up mm-hmm. going into this this trip just because you have to realize that I planned my entire life, right? And I had these expectations of how my life would go. And when I was presented the opportunity of going of going to this country, right? I actually wasn't even supposed to be mm-hmm. in Germany. I was supposed to go to Sweden, right? Where they where they actually speak more English there, right? And so yeah. So what happened? So what so what happened? Long story short, was they they messed up on my on my transfer, right? And so Sweden didn't get my my information in time, and so I contact the school saying, "Hey, you 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 messed up, right? So I'm gonna go where actually I want to go, <laughs> right? And I picked Germany because it's the middle middle country of all of Europe, right? And my pl- my plan wasn't to attend school. Mm-hmm. My plan was to, to travel, and I I thankfully I did that. I did 33 countries while I was over there, and I did end up seeing Sweden. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but but um to answer nice. your question, yeah to answer your question, it was the one the ability to kind of like go with the flow and and let go of all those things that like one like the stuff but also the mental baggage right i i went into i went into mm-hmm. this trip not preparing for anything basically right i didn't i didn't speak the language <laughs> right and ever and everyone else that i met at the school <laughs> that i went to right everyone else that i went that i met in Mannheim. Mm-hmm. They they had all been preparing for Germany, right? And whereas I had literally like two like a month a month ago, I'm like I'm going to go to Germany, <laughs> right? So so everyone else had been preparing wow. for several months of like and studying German throughout their entire career, right? Of of school, and and here's me like this mm-hmm. like this blonde girl, and, and by the way, I stick out like a sore thumb, and <laughs> they're they're not. They're not this this blonde. They're they're not this pale, um, and everyone's like, "Oh, you do so well. You like, fit in with the Germans." And I'm like, "I don't." Everyone like, especially actually, the stereotype actually comes from the northern part of Germany. So the the higher you go, the, the more I fit in. But I was in I was in the the middle like the the middle south area, and they they're not blonde there. <laughs> Uh, so you would have been in Sweden, though, yeah. right? Yes. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but uh, so you—that was this really interesting. Yeah, so you stood out in all kinds of ways, like mm-hmm. your 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 presence right there, and then when you opened your mouth, of course, you start speaking. They're like, "Oh, you you are not like us." That'd be a uh, an experience because I mean to deal with all those emotions because we were talking about how you were drinking earlier to like kind of not deal with the people that are around you and all of a sudden you're just a, a sore thumb sticking out everybody's looking at you and you're noticed <laughs> so how did you deal with that how did you deal with it so when when you don't deal with your problems they're going to come back to you right and so I mm-hmm. ended up getting back into that that party scene, right? I ended up, but think about it. I was with people who were four years younger than me, typically, right? Mm-hmm. So I was at I was at my end of university, and they were at the, like the middle, right, to beginning, right? And so you go back into that that culture of of the party and and meet everybody and and, and go mm-hmm. out every night, right? And so 
I wouldn't say it was destructive, but but it was it was definitely. Um, I, I also wanted to have fun in, in that type of culture, right? They're, they're really big, like, drinkers and partiers, right? But it was also, you you mm -hmm. also have to realize that I, I was still dealing with all the things that happened back at home, right? I, I just gone through these yeah. traumatic mm -hmm. losses uh, not too long ago. And so I'm, I'm still, and I, and then you also think that, that when you, go somewhere else you're going to get rid of all your problems right that hey if i just change my environment if i just move to another city that i'm going to leave all the people behind that that mm -hmm. that don't align with who i am yeah. right but when you don't deal with those internal things they everyone else still shows up right if you have like toxic friends toxic partners right those things are still going to show up regardless mm -hmm. of where you go Right, and regardless of, of where you are in the world, everything's still gonna show up for you. So that that's how. Um, Absolutely. Right. You so I, you go back into that drinking and and not realizing that that these problem behaviors are still going to to appear regardless of where you are in the world. Yeah, that sounds very familiar to me. Did the same thing, thinking that the people were the problem, not me. But everywhere I went, I still had the same kind of people in my life. So. It was me. I was doing something. And so then you realized that it was you who were stucking these patterns. And then, mm -hmm. so what was it that you did to, to get out of it? When you left Germany, do you leave, leave with something? You left with something that changed you, obviously, because you came back to the States and decided you wanted to get rid of everything. Mm -hmm. that will change how you, you kept these things. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, was, uh, what was the thing that, that made you want to make a difference after recognizing that pattern? So just to correct you, Lee, came back to Canada. <laughs> Still oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to start saying the, uh, the, what are we, the North something, Northern U.S., Northern, oh, my goodness. Don't call it that. I went to school in the U.S., so this is why I don't know geography. <laughs> but um, North America, you came yeah. back to North America. That yeah. encompasses everything. I can't mess it up, even if you went to Mexico. Let's go. Got it. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, um, right, so I came back, and what we have to realize is because of these neg negative patterns that I wasn't dealing with, right, I, I hurt some of uh, the friendships I made in, while I was living in Europe, right? And so when, when you recognize that it doesn't matter the, the other people in your life, it, it matters who, how you show up, right? And I wasn't showing up. To my best ability, I was I was going back into those patterns of getting angry and, and, and mad at people that that definitely didn't deserve it, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, so I, I came back and, and recognized that hey, that I thought I thought I could I could leave the, the toxic friendships and the toxic behaviors back in Canada, and that I wouldn't have to deal with those things in Germany, but I ended up dealing with those things again. Right, so I, I kind of made the connection of, hey, it, it's clearly not the other people in my life. It's something to do with me, right? And I was already having these, these thoughts, but they weren't really concrete until you realize you go halfway across to another country and realize that that people people don't want to be your friend when you're you're the one yelling at them or or being mean to them for no apparent reason, right? It was just because I was dealing with mm -hmm. my own mental stuff, right? And so. I came back mm -hmm. and, and I, I made that realization of, hey, 
there's something more here that I need to do and I need to change. Right. So I ended up, um, I ended up yeah. getting aligned with um, certain people that I met on the internet and um, they ended up recommending this um, program that I, I went down to Miami to, to do. And, and, and I'll say, I'll say this, um, eight years of therapy didn't even touch what two days <laughs> at this, at this program did for my life. Right. And that, it was because I, I dealt, yeah. It was because I dealt with with issues with my family members and the death of a uh, death of my loved one. Right? It was because I dealt with those things that I've been holding mm -hmm. on to and not realizing how big of an impact they were making into how I was and who I was showing up to be. Right? Now, once I dealt with those things, I was able to have yeah like clarity. Right? And I was able to like whoa. I don't need to be doing these things. I don't need to be holding on to these things. I don't need to be drinking. I, I, right. So it was kind of, it was, it was a mm -hmm. tra transformational experience to say the least. Wow. That is remarkable. You know, having gone to therapy for so long and not tackling those really big issues and having to just decide that, well, yeah, you did have this change and this epiphany, this eye opening experience where you're like, okay, I have to deal with this thing now. Mm -hmm. And you tried a whole new approach, which was really great. And it seemed to work out for you really well. I mean, that sounds familiar to me as well. I've been to therapy and um, I found the right therapist who really helped me break all these patterns, helped me understand what was going on. So it just takes the right person and some experiences. And I guess when you're ready to hear it, when you're ready to receive that information, it really sinks in. You can, you can take it and use it. So I know that when I was drinking, no one could tell me anything. So I understand like it just takes time and it takes patience. Yeah. So then with that said about you meeting the right therapist for you, I, you become a life coach because of this, a relationship and mindset expert. Because you've had these experiences, you've learned how to change your mindset. And there's several coaches out there, but you're the right one for who? Who would be the right person, uh, ideal client, or who do you who do you reach out to? Yeah, I typically who do you help. I typically focus and work with more business professionals and entrepreneurs because, as someone who has been in the entrepreneurial space for approximately 10, 11 years now, I I have a, a, a wealth of knowledge in that area, and I I tend to better correlate to those people right and i also like to look at it as sometimes we're we're the outliers right and and we don't really know why we don't fit in and it's because we have this this different way of, of doing life right and so we, we try to we tend to try to do the traditional pathway and, and and recognize that hey i'm not enjoying this or this isn't really right for me and so so i i did a lot of different businesses during university starting at 18 right and so so that's why i, I really resonate with the business owners because as as we can impact our lives business owners and entrepreneurs have the ability into into impact more lives right like tony robbins who who does he work with he works with people who can make the biggest impact possible and that's what i love to do being in that space from having your own experiences as an entrepreneur, like what are some of the things that entrepreneurs really need help with that you can help them with? Yeah. So 
there there's so many areas, right? And my, my coaching program is really tailored to individual needs. But certain things are especially to do with the relationships, right? I, I help so many people who who they may not have the best romantic relationship, right? Maybe they're so focused on their work that they're not focused on themselves and their partners, right? Mm. And and think about all the time that we give to our business right. and we're not giving to ourselves, right? So really healing that relationship with ourselves, right? And then then thirdly, it's it's the other people in our lives, right? How can we show up best to our customers? How can we show up best to our business partners? How can we show up best to our employees if we're, if we if we aren't handling the, our own personal relationships, right? And and, and some people, I, I truly believe that it doesn't matter if if your your family members don't support you, but to, just to heal those relationships and so you can show up as, as your best version of yourself, not only for you, but for your business and for the other people in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to take care of yourself before you can expect to take any care of anyone else or anything else. That's mm -hmm. really, really insightful and absolutely true. We've all, we've discovered that about ourselves. And um, so what I wanted to ask also is, you know, well, if I wanted to get in touch with you, if I wanted to get your coaching, then how can I do that? Where can I reach you? Are you offering anything to uh, to your customers? Yes, for the month of March. Or to new clients? The, yeah, for the month of March, I am offering my, my coaching service for free. Um, I, I want to really give back this month and, 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 reach, and reach and impact as many people as possible, right? And so I'm predominantly on social media platforms as Coach Elizabeth King, and make sure um, my name is spelled with an S. It is it is unique. <laughs> and so, um, and um, but yeah, so my my probably like my dominant um, social media platforms are Facebook and Instagram, right? I have a I have my Coach Elizabeth King um, Facebook page and Coach Elizabeth King uh, Instagram profile. So those are the the main sources. I have a website. But um, I like to really foster the, the connections and communication, right? Because you can go to CoachElizabethKing.com, mm -hmm. but I, I really like to talk to people first, right? I want to know that, that we're the best fit possible, mm. right? Because there, there's a hundred other yeah. coaches and, and people you can go to in the world, right? And so I want to make sure that, that I can meet your needs and expectations of, of what you're really looking to get out of a, out of a coaching relationship. Yeah, it sounds like it. <clears throat> you have this uh, unique name, you have unique space, and you have the unique connection with other people. And definitely on Instagram, you can send one of those little voice messages. I love those things. They're so easy to do. But I don't know, something caught me, something, this unique thing caught me. Free. You said free for coaching. Now, what does that entail? I mean, how free for two minutes, you know, free for the first 99 I don't know, minutes or something, you know, like when the, I think you're old enough to know about those, uh, 1-800 numbers back in the day where they charge you. Yes. Yeah. So it's like for the connection and then 10 cents a minute after, I mean, tell us, what did I get for free? Yes. So I really like to set people up for success. Right. And so if it, if it's fixing, fixing your, your life plan or, or really honing in on what business is best for you or, dealing with the more mindset and relationship aspects of, of your life, of personal life and whatnot, right? And it's it's setting you up so 
you feel comfortable taking your life to that next step with or without me, right? And so I really like to to give people the knowledge and the tools in, in that first initial call, right? And and usually it's it's usually in, in thirty minutes to an hour. But I, I really if I if I don't feel like you you've gotten the grasp of it or really gotten the hang of it, then I actually do offer people more time, right? Because because some things take longer than others, right? If we're if we're dealing with traumatic events, mm-hmm. that takes a lot longer than than understanding um, certain mindset issues that may be holding you back in into your business, right? In your personal life, because. So it, it may take a, a few calls. That's why it's for the month of March, right? It may take a few calls. It may take one call, right? I've There's been so many people where, where, right, we set an expectation at the beginning of the call, and then at the end of the call, did we did we meet the expectation? Do you feel like you've gotten the value that you need in order to, to move forward in this area, right? Mm-hmm. And if not, then then we'll revisit it. So that's how, that's how I'm structuring it right now. Wow, that is really generous and really heartfelt. I can really tell that you are really invested in your in in people's success. Like you're invested in their their growth and emotional health. Yeah, yeah. I find that um, you know after you experienced it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no worries. It's it's all it's all encompassing, right? If if we're not taking care of our minds mm-hmm. on our bodies right I, I like to look at our brain as a muscle that we also need to work out in the quote-unquote gym right because we can be taking care of our, our physical appearance we could be taking care of our business but we're, if we're not taking care of our mind then other things are going to eventually suffer right I was just I was just on a call earlier before this of how things were showing up for her again right she's in peak peak performance physically and her business is going really well but she's having difficulties in her personal life right and so when when you don't deal mm-hmm. with the difficulties in your personal life then they're then you can you can avoid them as much as possible but they're eventually going to show up again right and then you're going to reach a point where it's like well your your business is going to start suffering right your your physical health right now now she's gaining weight so there, there are certain things that if you don't deal with these past issues or 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 things that you've gone through that are eventually going to resurface some somewhere else. Mm-hmm, definitely. I think of it like um, trying to hold a basketball underneath a swimming pool. You just you can do it for so long, but yeah. after a while, it's going to pop up. And yeah, you're going to be stunned because you don't know when it's going to do it, but you're going to get tired of it. But it is definitely disruptive. For mm-hmm. everybody. It's definitely. So... With all that said, I want to thank you for coming on the show. But before we go, I want to ask you, um, what would you leave the audience with? Do you have some um, overall idea or wisdom that you leave the audience with? Absolutely. So I like to leave everyone with the fact that I really transform my life with the power of reflection and introspection, right? So... I like to give this this tool and this task to, to people to try out, and so I want to to I want people to start writing down how their day went, right, and and what they could improve on for tomorrow. So what I like to do so this was back in and right after I, I lost my aunt to breast cancer, that I didn't feel like I had a support system. I didn't feel like I had anyone around me who really supported me in what I was doing and what I was going through, right. 
I felt like I had, I had all the challenge and, and none of the support. And so what I decided to do was I decided to be my own support. But I spoke to myself in a third person, like I was my own best friend, like I was my own cheerleader. And I told myself certain things, right? If I was going through a difficult time, I'm like, Elizabeth, this is difficult, but this is how you can improve it. This is how you can fix it. This is how you can work on it, right? So I was basically problem solving as if I were was a different person, but then make, making those realizations, right? And, and the more that you that you end up doing it, the more that you actually have these aha moments, right? Where you're actually able to solve your own problems, mm-hmm. right? And 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 really work on on those on those things, right? Because the more that we understand about ourselves, the better that we are equipped at handling these other things. And so, not only that, but also I, I like to give people a tool. And if your audience um, has the opportunity, they could message me on Instagram where I give this tool out for free to everyone that it's a tool that you can track your day. So why, why I suggest this is because if you aren't even aware of certain patterns in your life, right? If you aren't even aware that these things are triggering you, I, I suggest people to start out by writing all the things that they do during their day and how they, it made them feel. Right? If you don't recognize that you're spending five hours on TikTok or five hours on Clubhouse, then then you you can't make these these changes, right? You can't make these shifts in your patterns of behavior. So I suggest to people to write out um, about so every every um, thirty minutes to an hour, you write down what you did for that last thirty minutes to an hour, right, and how it made you feel. Are are you tackling a tough email and then you scrolled to, for Facebooks for an hour, right? So you start to recognize, oh, hey, maybe um, where do I need to schedule responding to emails, right? Where do I need to, to deal with the, the tough, difficult tasks of the day, right? And, and recognizing how, how, some mm-hmm. things, how some things work in, in your pattern of behavior, right? Are you spending 10 hours on your business, but really only five of those were actually productive time, right? And then recognizing where mm-hmm. things can be improved, right? Because when, once it's out of our minds and onto a piece of paper or onto a spreadsheet, especially with the reflection, there's actually um, a mind-body connection to that pen and paper, right? Because when we can get more of our, our mental baggage out and onto the page, right? That's where, mm-hmm. we, can, that's where we can really start to unpack and, and, really, and really make that, those connections in our lives, right? That's why I, I find writing things down Absolutely. and tracking your day so beneficial in order to, to find those things that are, are, could be, could be improved, could be fixed. Absolutely. If you're not marking anything, like if you're not marking it, you don't know that there's a pattern. It just mm-hmm. looks like the same old, same old thing just happening. And uh, that's why it's important to put it out in front of you. I firmly believe that as well. Like at the very least you say it, but if you can write it down so you can see it, you can and you can say it. There's more of these senses that are coming into it, and then you can mm-hmm. like kind of separate it. You can look at it as a different entity, because yeah, you know having all that stuff in your head just bouncing around in your head. You're just going to just keep it in there. There's nothing going to be different <laughs> about exactly. it unless you kind of separate it from yourself a bit. Exactly. <clears throat> Yeah. So that was a wonderful tool. And once again, could you tell the audience where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. It's Coach Elizabeth King on both um, Facebook page 
and Instagram page. And if you're on Clubhouse, I'm just Elizabeth King over there, and I, I host rooms almost daily. Fantastic. Almost daily. So go ahead and follow her. Find her on Instagram and, and Facebook. And if you're on Clubhouse, follow her on Clubhouse because I'm on Clubhouse too. I think that's how we met. Yeah. Absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. The fun place to meet people. Um, so really, I want to thank you for spending your time here and, and coming to share your story with us. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It hey, wasn't that this great. Has been amazing. I really enjoyed our conversation. Fantastic. It was and wonderful. It was really so nice to find out we'll that she enjoyed black time. coffee come like back I do. Again. I just really that would be great. enjoyed so dark and bitter bitter things. So that was really nice. Um, that's not the only thing I took away from the conversation, and I hope that's not the only thing that you took away from the conversation. I also learned that I'm bad at geography. I I called Canada the northern US. I almost can't believe I did that. But then again, you know, I think that Elizabeth really did a great job. And I thank her so much for being so candid and open, honest, because that's the way you build genuine connections with people. To be honest about your experiences. Don't hide them because they are what they are and they make you who you are. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on. And thank you all for listening. My name is Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. If this wasn't enough for you, you can follow me on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, and I'm also on Clubhouse. That's a brand new audio app. It's kind of like an interactive podcast. So if you're familiar with it, you can find Patterns of Possibility. I host a room on Mondays at noon. We talk about childhood memories, and I also host a room on Tuesdays about relationships. It's called relationships bring your baggage and unpack here the hope is is that we start talking about things that are shameful that seem to be secrets and we're going to find out that we're not so different from each other after all it's soothing to talk about things that you might think that you need to keep hidden so i hope that you'll join me also don't forget to sign up for oh yeah i knew that the live interactive virtual game. It's going to be a blast. Until then, take care.